people, and welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. This is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation, and we are your co-hosts, Lisa Rowland and Ted DeMaison. And today we are joined by a super special guest, Kat Coppett. Yeah, Kat's somebody uh, I met through the Applied Improvisation Network. She is an improviser, heads up the Mopco Theater in Albany, New York. You, uh, uh, a, a former member of the Bats Improv Company from back in the day and headed up the corporate program, the corporate applied improv program at Bats. And so I've heard her name for years before I ever met her. Mm-hmm. And she's now got an international consulting company called Coppet, K-O-P-P-E-T-T. Uh, you can check her out at coppet.com. But uh, but she joined us for a conversation because she taught an exercise at the Applied Improvisation Network online conference that I attended last week that I thought, oh my God, this is so cool. It's so laden with improv and mindfulness. we got to get her on the podcast. It's really fun. And it's all about the voices that are going on inside and how, you know, before anything ever comes out. And getting to share those and explore those and play with those. So we had a fun conversation. Kat also told us about her recent journey, a deeper journey into mindfulness. So uh, we bet, I'm putting good money on it, that you're going to enjoy this one. Yeah. And uh, it's right up right up our alley, right in our wheelhouse, right at the top of our castle parapet. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that goes. So thank you for joining us. And we'll sling some arrows from that parapet in your direction, but in a friendly way. In a friendly way. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, Enjoy. Bye. Cat Coppin, how the heck are you? I am all right. Do I sound okay? My external mic buzzing, so I have been not using it. Oh. We got you. You sound good. Buzzing like it's excited? Yes. (laughs) Yes, things were too exciting over here. That must have been the problem. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of buzzing. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a a new setup here. This is the first time we've been in this space to record. We're down in uh, in my basement. Uh, We've got uh, meetings going on upstairs, so we're not disturbing the meetings. But um, yeah, here we are. We're uh, We're feeling very Wayne's world. mm Mm-hmm. We're doing our show in a yeah, basement. Yeah, let's go world. Monster yeah. Baby! Monster Baby! Yeah. Show wing. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Kat? I, I'm so tickled to be on Monster Baby. <laughs> it's very exciting. I'm a big fan. I, I'm, yeah, so I, I'm curious to hear. How, how come? Like, what tickles you about that? Well, first of all, I am just a big fan. I, I listen and... Um, enjoy your podcast very much. The more specific answer is I've followed the podcast for a lot of years. It's been years, but in the last, um, oh, six or nine months, I've sort of um, entered the mindfulness Mm -hmm. world in Mm -hmm. a much more active way Mm -hmm. so what has been this sort of uh, you know intellectual understanding of what you're talking about and where they overlap is now a much more sort of um, personal right experiential understanding yeah oh I have questions about that can I ask you a question yes please 
like what in what inspired that? What inspired the entrance into that world? And what does it look like for you? Yeah, it was a complete mistake. <laughs> well, not mistake, but it was um it just sort of happened. It was not intentional at all. Um, I uh I was I started listening to the 10% happier app uh, oh. podcast. I think, I can't even exactly remember why. I think it was because I was listening to a different podcast that recommended it, or there were some guests that I, that sort of led me there. And it was right around uh, the first of the year and they were doing a challenge in their app, mm-hmm. uh, a new year's challenge to meditate 12 days out of the first 25 days. And so I went to the app and it was, the app was free for those 25 days. And I went and I did a little thing that took a little quiz. Um, reeling you in, just, reeling you right, in. Right, right, right. Sort of like, how do you like to get your information? And I did this challenge and um, I've, cert, cert, I've since heard Dan Harris describe the 10% happier app as like uh, mindfulness without the, how did you say it? Without the incense and didgeridoo music (laughs) 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 and then as i've explored the world more i realized like really there's a whole sort of meditation movement in the u.s which was like you know uh new york jews Mm -hmm. who brought it over from india Mm -hmm. like white new york jews and i'm like oh okay no wonder this feels like my people So I was like, uh, so it was just sort of a way in, they were presenting these courses on meditation in a way that felt very comfortable to me after lots of years of not feeling like it, you know, of sort of having an aversion to something. To the didgeridoo Um, music. Right. Sort of the way I was introduced to improv after being in conservatory acting programs where people are spending a lot of time telling me that I shouldn't think or that I was too smart to be an actor, right? And and sort of pushing away all of my natural ways of being as opposed to inviting my natural ways of being in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just, over these 25 days, I just, every day I was getting up and looking forward to getting my little lesson and it became a habit before I realized it. And now it's been 44 weeks of meditating every morning. Wow. So fantastic. That's awesome. I, I yeah. love that the, the different people come in in different ways. And for some people, a little bit of religiousness is attractive. It's like, ooh, there's some ritual or there's some, I wear a certain thing and I light a candle or I hear a chime. And that's like, that's got an appeal. And other people are like, mm, I don't want any of that. But then when they just say, well, just one minute, notice your breath and then see how you feel after. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel calmer. And it's like, okay, I want to know more because I want to feel calmer. So there's all different pathways in, but like once it becomes a habit, then it starts to gain some momentum and starts to roll on. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm just to sort of follow that thread. I'm registered to do a five-day silent retreat in February. Oh, where? At the Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts. Oh, that's so cool. So, okay. So what are you, What? so how could you articulate the 
right. Right. You keep going. Like what's like, what's it, what, what gifts is it giving to you or how do you notice it making it having an effect? Yeah. There's so much. Um, Well, I think that I realized that um, I've been quoting uh, Kelly Leonard mm-hmm. of executive, who was the executive director at Second City of their um, applied improv stuff. I don't know exactly what his title was. I'm sorry, Mr. Leonard. Um, <laughs> but someone quoted him to me as saying, improvisation is just loud mindfulness. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I know you guys have been saying for years and years and years. <laughs> not, not loudly enough, apparently. <laughs> Uh, well, that's just a one sentence way that I've sort of been able to say, yeah, I always yeah. say, you know, as the monster baby people have oh. been telling me forever, um, this is a one sentence version, um, which isn't exactly an answer to your question. What's the answer to your question? There's a way that I realized I've been, there's something that I've been getting from improv for years and years and years. That's about being able to be present and connected to other people and accepting of whatever it is that exists Mm -hmm. and finding a way to use whatever exists in the moment Mm -hmm. that has been really helpful in my life. And that what, uh, what a mindfulness practice has been able to do for me is help me turn those skills of awareness mm-hmm. and acceptance on myself mm-hmm. in a more uh, deliberate and um, universal way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm cool. excited for this five-day so retreat. Because it, it- it's going to take it to a whole nother level. Uh, sidebar, I, I always love when another gets split, the word another gets split with a whole nother, because I never know what a, another <laughs> is. How many nothers do we need? But a whole nother. A whole yeah. nother level. It's going to go to a whole nother level. Another. The, and the silence is. And whole other level. And <laughs> whole other level. <laughs> another a whole another i like another i like this i like the word that has been born it's always been hiding it's hiding in plain sight uh the part of the silence which we talked about on our episode that we did about retreats uh 10 days of insight i think was the episode name is that you don't make eye contact with people Mm. you know that that's part of it is that you you're preserving other people's silence by not engaging them even Mm. silently even silently right so you know Mm -hmm. you hold the door open for somebody you don't like look at them and nod it's just and it it, for me that the first couple days were so difficult it's like i where are the people i want to connect with the people Uh, over time though it just sort of seeds something different that then shows up i so i once after a breakup Put, sent myself to a like three days at a it was like a meditation it was like a retreat center but it was just like you could rent a little tent and just have quiet time you know you could just it was just like I could have gotten an Airbnb but it, it had grounds and gardens and it was lovely and I was like I just need to go be by, by myself which is unusual 
for me. Um, and, I, and I was not intending to do any sort of deliberate silence, <clears throat> excuse me, but the only other people who were staying at this place were on a silent retreat. So all of the other people, like none of the other people present were speaking, like none of them. And so I was on a de facto solo silent yeah. retreat. And they were, <laughs> they were looking at me and mealtimes were communal, right? It's like, you go to the main thing and you, you eat what they're serving and it was delicious. And nobody was looking at me and I know I wasn't, we were not chatting. There was no small talk. There was no like, what brings you here? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And at first I thought I would hate it. And then I found it so relaxing and, and I am intensely extroverted. And it was surprising that I was like, oh, this is actually such a relief. Wait, you're extroverted? Like I don't, like I don't have to, I don't have to think about anything with regards to where to say it, what to say to them, how to, how to figure out like what, which people I connect to. Like, I just was like, oh, I just get to do I just get to do my own thing? It was like a really interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's also where I did my first retreat uh, at IMS in Barrie, Massachusetts. Really? Yeah. 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 Those are my peeps. Those are my peeps. Oh, I can't wait to hear how it is, Kat. That's a gorgeous I'm, place. I'm very, I'm very excited to know how it is, yeah. how it's going to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. All right. Well, Kat. Yes. It's, it's so great to see you. And you have been, I think I told you, I think I told you recently during the Applied Improvisation Network conference that you were one of my first inspirations in that community. When I went to the conference in Baltimore in 2011, that was like the naissance, not a renaissance, just the naissance <laughs> of my Applied Improv world. And you gave an intro talk on what is applied improvisation? And I thought, well, this woman's professional. She knows what she's talking about. And it kind of <laughs> launched this whole, this whole thing for me. But then we've sort of woven in these connections. So I've always found you uh, inspiring and together and fun and kind and all those good things. So yeah. it's a treat to have you here as like one of my shining lights in the applied improv world. And then, and then this year at the conference this past week, you and Dion Flynn led this really cool workshop that just knocked my socks off. And I thought, oh, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this with Lisa. Cool. Uh, because it just seems such a natural fit for the Monster Baby podcast. So glad you're here to join us and hope we can play. And yeah, I didn't tell Lisa much about it. No, a little bit, a little bit, just the sort of the, 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 concept and and what the extra what the exercise felt like and mm -hmm. some of what it offered which is really cool and it feels like based on the little that I have been told um I'm just interested in your like your recent sort of diving into mindfulness and like intentionally turning all of that awareness in connection that we usually spend on other people spend we usually focus on other people and have it focused on yourself makes this the this idea of paying attention to our inner voices so much more possible like mm -hmm. we even recognize that there are vo voices happening inside that are telling us certain things that are maybe different than other voices inside or what we want to be thinking or feeling or whatever so i mean that's sort of a yeah it makes so much sense that that would come out of that work did you did you call this exercise inner voices 
we called it inside out inside out because because we were uh we had played with it a couple of times over the years and then we were like what do we call this and there was a pause and then we both at the same time said inside out oh my mm. god which was kind of cool yeah very cool and there's a already four there's already six different voices in my head with six different threads of where we could go um yeah it's very interesting for me lisa having sort of you know put my toe into the mindfulness place to be playing with this exercise and i started to play with it with dion a year or two before getting into this space oh, wow. Wow. and it's shown up in the corporate work that I'm doing with clients, managing your inner, your self-talk, which is yeah. what it tends to be called, has yeah. been really high on people's list all of a sudden as something people want to do. It also showed up a lot in the performance space, especially with um, women identified improvisers that I'm working with. And I did a special a masterclass with the women in cool. our community cool. to help them with stuff. So there's, it feels like it just all comes together here. Will you describe it? Will you describe the, the exercise yeah. concept workshop? Yeah. Yes. And it's super, it's also super simple. It's a simple tweak to, in some ways, a traditional improvisation performance game, which uh -huh. is the traditional version of the game is you have, uh, to improvisers playing a scene and you have other improvisers speaking as their inner thoughts, the character's inner thoughts. So we made two tweaks. One is we have the improvisers playing the scene and they are speaking their characters, the their own inner thoughts, mm -hmm. characters. And then the real tweak is we also have the actors speaking their inner thoughts, right? That's it. So yeah, it's only the two, it's only those two people. Just those two people, and from time to time, you sort of, you know, like you're doing a soliloquy in Shakespeare. You just say, "Here are my inner thoughts." The character can do that, but the really fun part is the actor can do that. Yeah. So I might say, "Oh, you know what? I just sort of said the same thing three times. I thought I was going to add some more description if I repeated myself, like it would make it clearer, but really, I just said almost exactly the same word three times. Like that's okay. I know Ted can cut it if he's." too wordy but yeah. <laughs> yeah the traditional version of the game it yes. seemed like it got magnetized towards comedy yes. because the people on the outside were you know sort of uh, creating counterpoints or like oh, unexpected little twists or like this is what they're really thinking like i'm judging you inside but i'm not saying that outside and that discrepancy yeah. is funny to an audience yeah and then right. and and when we did it at the workshop, and I'm hoping that we can actually play it so listeners will have yeah, a yeah. sense of, of what it might look like. Um, it seemed like it actually went deeper and it wasn't, some of it might've been funny, but in the in the kind of, oh, this is real life. I'm seeing real life play out. And yeah, that's kind of how it is way instead of a, <laughs> you know, the kind of manic, or that, that yeah. um, so we're jokier side of improv. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I think it, by definition, if we're playing it right, pulls to authenticity, mm. right? What I love about it and the way it feels 
directly connected to mindfulness is it's about increasing your awareness. The first step is you have to be aware of what's happening inside your head. Mm-hmm. Like being that sort of a meta awareness mm-hmm. right? of, oh, what am I thinking? What, what am I feeling? What am I noticing? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a whole layer of like, what are all the different voices in my head? What are all the different impulses that I'm having? What am I noticing? What am I thinking? What am I thinking about? What am I thinking, <laughs> right? What are all the choices that I could be making? And, uh, and then what am I choosing? And sort of having that moment of noticing then allows you so much oppor- more opportunity to choose. To- choose yeah oh and what to choose and Mm. how you move forward Mm. right um was the title based at all on the movie inside out it must have been right there was some part of exactly the same thing right yeah it's like we have all these voices that lead us to feel and think different things and then yeah that's Mm -hmm. super cool Mm -hmm. and the and the and the description i think that we then have put together for the workshop is that right we say from the greeks to pixar cool oh fascinated by this cool cool Mm -hmm. All right. I think we should, I think we should demonstrate because that's going to give us a lot, it could give people a lot more understanding of what we're talking about. And then uh, give us some fodder to chew on to mix metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what fodder is. Is it like for a mill? Grist for a mill? Don't know. Don't know. Vocab check? Vocab people? We'll get the vocab team on it. (laughs) Must be the vocab team now in operation. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so yeah, just to note inner voice here, my inner voice is like, who plays? I want to play. I want Lisa to play. I want Kat to play. I don't know if all three of us can play. My inner voice is like, cud? You chew on cud. Like my inner voice is still on like grist, fodder. I don't think you chew on fodder. I think you chew on cud. Fodder. Fodder mutter. It's food, especially dried hay or feed for cattle or other livestock. So you were not mixing metaphors. Okay. It was exactly, it was perfectly appropriate to chew on fodder. Okay. Thank you. Might have been a little bit dry. Vocab team returned results very efficiently. Awesome. Okay, we got to give them a raise. Well, do you guys, why don't, I mean, it's your podcast. Why don't you just play together and then we can. Can the three of us play? Can we do a three person scene? Let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. If we all want to play. And then. One of the directions that you gave in the workshop is that when doing the scene, it's helpful to have a some sort of universal code. And, and so you, for you guys, it was the backhand up to the mouth as if you're speaking to the side to, you know, or to the audience, like, okay, I'm, you know, let me tell you about what's really going on. Uh, as a, and, and naming, maybe naming. But as a character, not. as an I'm actor. speaking as a character, I'm speaking as the actor. Yeah. So, okay, well, so let's get a, um, what's a setting where three people might be? In a living room? A living room is perfect. Okay, living sure, room. sure, living room. And and this is also how they started the, the scene during the workshop, which is what's a sort of a universal topic, uh, like a... Uh, Dion calls them like pillar topics, pillar like topics. money or death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love or, you know, like something that has a little juice to it. Yeah, great. Um, 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 love. 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 Okay. 
So I, I had about three ideas in my head uh, of scene starts, and, but I sort of felt like I didn't, I wanted to react rather than initiate the scene, especially when I saw Lisa take a breath. So just gonna wait. Joanna, honey, the place looks great. And I, my dad's gonna love, he's gonna love you. When he gets here, he's gonna love you. So you don't, you just don't need to be, I, I know I can tell that you're a little anxious and I, you don't need to be because like meeting my dad, it's gonna go great. I mean, he's the nicest guy. He's super sweet and he is gonna take you right in. Okay, as, a, as an actor, I'm surprised because in my head I was endowing Ted as dad so I, that they, I, we would be in a three person scene. And now I'm trying to figure out who this guy is because Joanna I, and I are in a couple. Right, I, I, was with, I was with Lisa, I was on the same, I was on the same page with Lisa. I was also gonna say, I was so excited that she saw that I was like looking nervous and I didn't even have to say anything. And she said, I can see that you're anxious. That delighted me. That was so clear in the scene. And I, now I'm I'm also like, we're gonna have to figure out who Ted is now. And just kind of aside from my character, I, I, I'm really enthusiastic. I think this is actually gonna work out great. And I'm psyched for this. So, um, well, I, 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 sort, I sort of want us to be some kind of threesome now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're already okay. Uh, I just, um, I just, I know that he's so fond of the two of you as a couple. I just hope he accepts me as as the third. I know it's a little untraditional, and your dad is older. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've we've talked to him about our arrangement and mm -hmm. our setup and our mm -hmm. relationship to you, and he can tell that. We really love you, and you know, really, all he wants is is for us to be happy. So he he is old. You're right. He's old. He's working on he's working on new stuff. He's like trying to trying to take in new patterns, and he's he's on this kick, right? So he's like he's watching TikTok now. That's his thing. So I'm aware that I'm distracted because I know there isn't a third person, but like someone to come in as dad. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that the whole scene that it becomes about us, but I also don't want to play right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as the actor, I'm still. Got a bit of regret. And I, and I love how choice. she is laughing right now. I... <laughs> my earlier choice. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so rusty. How could I not have been dad? Okay. Other other actor note, maybe I'll leave and come back to the dead. We'll see. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Having heard that, I found that really freeing. So now I, I'm not going to worry about anything. I can just be here and play. Well, listen, I think that at this point, we just, you know, let's just be, we, we know what we have together. And the truth is we don't need dad to, we don't need my dad to approve of it because yeah. I love you, Jason loves you, we love you, we you do. love us. I'm, um, I'm really focused on Lisa's face. It's just so, I haven't seen her in a long time and it's just great to be staring at her face. And it's making me feel like I wanna make some sort of physical offer. It's like not a planning offer. So I'm just gonna say, um, sweetie, you have a little something, like there's just a little oh. something on your, on your lip. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah, I wish I'd seen that, but it doesn't matter, of course. But I wish I'd seen. It. Oh, uh, I'll get that. No, no, it's I've, I've got, I've got it. Thank you. Uh, 
Thanks. Thanks. It's these little intimacies okay. that tie us together. I just, I love that we can do that. I'm glad you're here. You're so attentive. Yeah, well, I just want everything to be perfect. You know what? Perfection's for assholes. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking no, about this. Sure. We want everything to be perfect. Okay. We always try to please, you know, when mom was alive, I was always trying to please her. And now dad's coming and I, we, you know, we want everything to be perfect for him, but perfect perfect doesn't exist, right? In, in a perfect world, the three of us aren't doing whatever the hell it is that we're doing. There's no perfect, right? Wait, did you just call me an asshole? Oh, my, oh. My, my character is actually having questions about the relationship now because I was gonna say everything is perfect and it seems like we're just so off on this. I, I, don't, I hope you didn't call her an asshole, did you? No, God, no, 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 no. Oh. Joe, no, I didn't. That's not what I meant at all. I just mean we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to try to be perfect. Well, but right. I was just I was saying I wanted everything to be perfect, and you said that's for assholes. That oh, feels a little harsh. Oh God, I no, I I yeah, see I, that. I was going to say we are perfect. As an actor, I'm I'm like weighing the possibilities of either really insisting that that's not what I intended, or revealing that yeah, you are a little bit of an asshole, and I'm like not mm. sure which would be. I'm like trying to figure out. <laughs> what goes with the scene already, but also is a bold choice that would be fun to play with. And yeah, as, as an actor and podcast host, I'm thinking about, it might be about time to wrap up. So my character has a choice he wants to make. Oh. I don't care. I'm totally delighted either way. Or we can stop because I think- I, th I, think I think I hear your dad's car in the driveway. I think he's here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> And scene. and scene. I mean, I'm like addicted to that. I'm addicted to that. It's so, so, yeah. And I'm like immediately, I mean, I have so, I'm like, there, it, like all these little lights are sort of. This, this exercise, I mean, well, I'm sure we're going to get into all the layers of, of mindfulness and improv. It strikes me from the very beginning as both a delight and a trap for people who think really quickly because it's really fun to like start tracking like what are all the things the possibilities and it like I, I get jazzed and I want to follow all the threads and I can see there's all these lights lighting up and it allows me to see my thoughts oh in my a gosh. way I don't get caught by them at the same time because they're all lighting up and now I get to follow them all it's like now I've got this whole uh, war room board of like all these threads I could go on and it's it's in a way it's feeding the thoughts even more I'm, I'm curious about how that's going to play out too because she's got like 20 she's got 20 threads Kat's got about seven I've probably got yeah, five. it's true it's yeah. I, I have so many thoughts I have, yeah yeah like and would this does this game work for people who don't have that kind of mind that tracks all these things at once right or maybe two is enough three is enough but yeah so anyway i just that was one of the things i noticed right off the bat um well that i'm going to hear all your thoughts too lisa i think that you're putting your finger on something um that feels really rich to me which is what are all the different kinds of thoughts or offers in your head that you can be aware of. Mm -hmm. And one of them is 
what are the ideas I'm having? What are the ways that it can go? What do I want to do next? Right. But there's a whole other kind of there's you know there are many many other kinds of offers you can make right like oh uh, my heart is beating fast right now or um, I'm noticing I'm looking at her face or uh, I'm speaking really fast or my I'm you know I have twenty thoughts in my head right now I should breathe I'm getting really caught up in the game this game and how it's how much is exciting me I need to come back and just like be present and not get caught in planning that I'm writing the scene right now. I just need to yeah. like, you know, ooh, look, I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm worrying too much about being funny. What happens if I just listen to my partner? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I think there's like, and, and in that's, that's the part of it that the more I start to think about mindfulness practice, it feels like it's, you know, it's being mindful out loud, right? Yes. It's doing a mindfulness practice out loud and and just like in your mindfulness practice when you can say like, okay, right now I'm working on open awareness, right? And just sort of following whatever thread comes and naming it and naming it. Or I can say, I need to work on focus right now. Let me go back to focusing on my breath, mm -hmm. right? Like, so there are different times you, you start to get to know, oh, this is how my brain works as an improviser, mm -hmm. or this is what, and also other people get to say like, oh, it's not just me who has... Uh, you know, who's like, has a, you know, that critical saboteur voice in my head going, your ideas are stupid, your ideas are stupid all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that you're, you're bringing mindfulness tools to inform the exercise, just as we've been using the exercise to yeah. shine light on mindfulness. It's like, oh, if I actually practice in this moment, it's going to help the game. It's like making your brain a fishbowl. It's like, oh, cool. I can see what, I can see how you're arriving at the thing that pops, that pops out. Mm. Which is so cool. Oh, uh, okay. A million, a million things. Thread number one. A million things. But one of them is like, and this is an interesting, this is an interesting parallel that Ted and I have talked about on the podcast. Feeling was, oh my, like we started having conversations in asides, right? Like we started having yeah. conversations <laughs> in, well, here's what I was thinking. Yeah. Why well, I wasn't sure. Well, I was, well, here's it. And if we were to be like, okay, how much of that was, like the percentage of scene to inner to to the mm -hmm. comments or naming you know yeah. to voicing the process scene to process I guess or whatever internal yeah. external a minority of what happened was the scene I think and a majority yeah. was the process and I and I love it because it's freeing because I know like because I'm an external processor anyway and I find it really like you were just saying, anytime somebody does that and I'm like, oh my, it makes them so human mm -hmm. when I hear what's going on inside. It's an avenue for compassion for sure. Yeah. And then is, and then is there something about how we can, how, uh, I think I'm ahead of myself, but I'll say it anyway, which is like the, the process we can get stuck stuck in the noticing and not move. Yes. So Dion, as we do this exercise, has started to say more and more, this is something to use when you're stuck, uh -huh. right? This is about finding open water, right? Cool. And go here when you're like, your scene's going along, you're doing a scene, 
that's great. Yeah. Go for it. And then when you get to a point where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do now or where, then this is a place to go. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. It's so much more useful. It's so much better than that. It's so much more interesting than that because I'm often using it not on stage in an improv scene. I'm like, we're just picking a scene so that we can explore this process so that people can learn about their inner voices and insight, right? Yeah. And mindfulness. I think the answer is, it depends what your goal is, right? Yeah, right. If your goal right. is to be creating a scene, right? Then yeah. you don't want to over-rotate on this. Yeah. If your goal is about like getting insight into your brain, then- Lean in, lean in that direction. Right. Yeah, I guess it is like, what is your, yeah. What's, what's your purpose? What's, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was so fun. <laughs> Is Dion a performer? Does Dion mostly use it on, on stage? Dion Flynn is, uh, most people will know Dion Flynn as um, a performer on The Tonight Show. He shows up playing 20 different characters, including President Obama is probably what he's most. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So he's the most charismatic performer. Wow. He also has a sh show uh, that he's been doing at the pit for forever. He's got uh, um, a company called the Improvisers Mindset, oh. where he thinks about them. It's very much on this activity is very much linked to his brand. And he um, he just taught at the Omega Center. Great. For, mm. You know, so he he lives and he's a coach. So he lives in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Very and the, I was struck at the workshop last week. I had met him, knew that you were doing this workshop with him, but as soon as he spoke, I thought, oh my gosh, this guy's got presence. His voice, the way he, I, I haven't ever seen somebody command a Zoom window the way he does. And he's using his hands in gestures that are like compelling. You want to watch. And then he pauses, but his voice is just so confident and so clear. And the words he chooses are so precisely eloquent. You're like, I love this guy. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's an actor. You know, he has a, a MFA, I think, from NYU and theater. You know, I mean, he's a real exceptional talent and a yeah. really skilled, trained. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very so cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I it it makes me. I had that same question about okay, how much, how much do you do the scene, and how much do you do the asides, and that the asides can sort of take the take the momentum away, and mm -hmm. but they just they just showed so different stuff. So, so okay, so you have used this in corporate settings to help people get aware of their become more aware of their uh, their self talk, whether it's helpful, harmful, so on and so forth. How do you go from the game to drawing out those insights? Or like, or once people get the insights, then what do they do with it? Right. So there, I mean, you know, in some in some ways it's very simple, right? Once you can, as you were saying a little earlier, Lisa, it's it's a bunch of different skills really that we're building. The first one is to be aware of your self-talk because not everybody is. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can have voices in your head directing you or influencing you and you're not even consciously aware that they're speaking to you. Mm -hmm. So this idea of 
pause and sometimes you have to call it right sometimes rather than the person themselves interrupting themselves mm. sometimes you have people do a scene and you could go like pause okay time out what are you thinking right so now the coach or the facilitator does that yeah. right okay cool what 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 were you thinking just in that moment so that people have to go like uh oh i was worried that they were getting mad or oh they they looked away and i thought oh they're not paying attention this isn't interesting to them yeah uh, so that you get the first is to just notice more, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the first thing, paying more attention to yourself. And then the second is once you can capture, like if you can capture negative self-talk, like I don't think I'm interested, interesting, or I don't know what I'm talking about, or I, I must look really nervous, then you can start to reframe hmm. or say, okay, well, what else is going on? in there like what other offer is there for me to pick instead of getting mm -hmm. attached to attached to that yeah or how do i flip that into something else i believe right? or you know the, yeah. what else can i do yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's an exercise in the in the mindfulness course that i learned from the mindfulness in schools project it's called the course is called dot b period in the letter b we've talked about it before on the, on the podcast but there's an exercise called thought buses where you start to notice what are the thoughts that show up every day, like buses. And some of them might be pleasant, like, uh, I feel grateful to be alive, or- I'm thinking about the vacation that I'm planning, I'm, I'm and I'm, on it's yeah, so fun. It's gonna be great to be on vacation. Um, some of them might be negative, like, I'm not enough, or we're gonna run out of money, or whatever the right negative thing is. The exercise, one of the things I love about it is it offers the metaphor of like, okay, this thought shows up like a bus to stop and gives you the question, are you going to get on and go for a ride? Do you want to get on that bus? Or are you going to stay at the bus stop and let it go by? It'll probably come back around because it's got a regular route, you know, <laughs> but, and there are some routes that are like heavily traveled. So the buses keep showing up regularly, like every five minutes, but you still have the choice of whether to get on or get off. It's great. It's so great. It's a really powerful metaphor. And this, you know, as you're saying, so once you pause in this exercise to notice like, oh, there's that negative self-talk, I can choose to go with it or not. And these yeah. are all meta moves to be able to say, yeah. I, I don't have to identify with this. This is not the truth. This is a thought. This is, or we might say a story about the experience I'm having, but the thought itself is just an event there. It shows up, pops up like a sound yeah, eventually goes away and then yeah but usually we just kind of identify it, with them it only yeah it only goes away if you know that it has come do you know what i mean like uh, yeah like there's yeah. um my friend rebecca Pretzky did clown training i want to say in boulder colorado and the clown teacher and i forget his name but i'll find out what it is uh research staff yeah <laughs> can we get the fact check team um he said something that has stuck with me, which is you play it or it plays you. <laughs> and this feels sort of like, oh yeah, we have to, you play it, you speak it out loud, you say it, you name it, you put it in the, in the, in the room or it plays you. Then you are its puppet instead of you being, Ooh, yeah. right? Because you don't even know you're being run by this. I, I had this happen recently. I'm looking, um, my partner and I are looking for apartments. We're looking for apartments to move in together, which is like very exciting. Oh, I know. But, oh my God. It's crazy. It's crazy cool. And I was like, well, we need a two bedroom apartment. And we were talking about two or three. And he was wanting a three bedroom apartment. And 
And I was finding myself really resistant to insisting on that. And I was like, hold on, what, what is this? And I was like, oh, I'm afraid that if we insist on three bedrooms apart, three, three bedrooms, it'll be harder to find and we'll have to live in a place we don't love. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And he, he went, we will not live in a place we don't love. Yeah, and I was right. like, okay. Okay, then I can't write like, but I was being played by it because right. it was just like there. And I was just like, it was like running me around being like, nope, nope, fight that, fight that. Fight that I, fight I love that. that it was such a specific thought. Like, I'm afraid, this is what yeah. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid we're gonna have to settle for something that we don't like in order to, to meet this requirement. And he's like, we will not live in a place we don't love. And, and so the, nice. The thought can, yeah, and this sort of gets back to the exercise too, or also to a general mindfulness practice, but that thought, was creating an emotion yeah or was linked to an emotion anyway of fear yes right and so and and maybe there's some sadness or whatever the and thing disconnecting was. me from him and yeah. from our conversation yeah. and from the you know and and being able to name it, it's just so con- like on a personal it connect I think it, it connected me to me right like you were saying sort of like all this awareness and connection that we spend on other people if we can do it, it's like, okay, okay. So like this has taught me something about myself and it also allowed us to be back on the same team. Like my partner and I got to be back on the same team because we know what we're dealing with. Right. It's like such a powerful, it was such a, it was small, but it felt really powerful. And it was this exactly like, let me tell you what the, what's Mm -hmm. driving this. There's like these wheels of momentum that get rolling with thought, feeling body sensation, emotion, body, right? this is a wheel. And this exercise- And projection. The whole, <laughs> the whole, whole gamut. Yeah. yeah. This exercise is another way to say, let me just pull one of the pieces out. Yeah, to stop the- The whole thing tumbles and like yes. falls apart and we get the chance to sort of create a virtuous cycle going the other direction. Yeah, right? at least yeah. Check, our, check it out. Let me just check yeah. that out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me feel like, um, you know, we- there's all this debate in the improv world about yes and and when it's helpful and when it's not one of the ways i feel like it has it gets not helpful is we forget about all the offers of our own that are also available to yes and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right we sort of leave that out of the equation this happened a lot in the improv the women improv class that we were doing is we stuff or ignore or don't even pay don't even recognize what's going on inside ourselves that we can also or should be obligated to mm-hmm. be aware of and accept yeah. and build with right so if an offer comes at me you know labeling me as whatever a you know a housewife again or a secretary or a hooker yeah word we even use anymore yeah (laughs) right like how do i you know how can i accept and build with the fact that that is pissing me off or that you know no i don't want to get whatever right for for anybody who's new to the podcast or new to improv this principle of yes and is just that you whatever happens in a scene you say to yes to it and build on it you you accept that it's true and you, you work to build it. That helps the scene move forward. So. Yeah. And the, and the, and the conversation around it is like, we want to break free from the tyranny of yes. And when saying yes to somebody's offer puts me in a position that doesn't 
that, that crosses a boundary of mine or sure. crosses a line or puts me in a place of discomfort or doesn't inspire me, but I'm sort of held hostage by the rule of yes and that we want to avoid that. And to even be, you know, even to take the jargoniness of saying yes and out of it, right? That I'm aware of, I accept and build with whatever exists in the moment, mm -hmm. that that's true of the stuff inside of me, yeah. as well as the stuff that my partner is saying or yeah. doing or that exists in the moment. I that, love that. And this exercise gives us a chance to notice that stuff so that we can say yes to it, or, right. or at least accept so we can it build, build with on it. it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if building with it means, oh, I see that that fear is here, and I and I and I don't need to build with that. Like that's right. that I right. see it, right. and then I can, I yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not not you. I'm gonna take the keys away from fear, <laughs> and give mm -hmm. them to optimism or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Have you ever have you ever done this? <laughs> Side note. <laughs> Yeah, as a as a podcast host, as a podcast host, I'm wondering if this is going to get too intellectual by asking the question this way. No, but I'm going to try it out, and we'll see because I can always edit it out. Uh, I'm wondering if you have done this written, done this exercise in written form, so that people are building a scene via text or a chat window or something, and then the sides are coming in parentheses. I wrote a um uh <laughs> I wrote an article or an advertising article for the course when we did it live here at the Mopco, where I did that sort of in parentheses, kind of cutely, right? Where mm. it's like, oh, you should come see the, you know, come join us. I'm doing this with Dion. Wow, I'm so excited to work with Dion. It's always so much fun. You know, like, uh, we're getting, we, you know, it's going to be here live. I hope people show up. So, yeah. Well, that was sort of my version of it. Yep. But I haven't done of like a writing course on it. I feel like when you say that, what comes to mind are like uh, Julia Cameron's morning pages. Mm -hmm. And when you just get up and write three pages every morning, I feel like that's sort of that like purging what's actually in my head and yeah. getting it down on paper, like that dump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that you say that cat, and I wonder if this is what sponsored my question. I remember seeing either seeing what you did for Mopco or you did something similar for the Applied Improvisation Network that made me really want to take the workshop because I thought, oh, that sounds cool. And, and I liked the way that in what you wrote, your your inner voices were a combination of self-critical and self-celebratory. And so it, it gave an example of the range of voices that one could have inside. But, um, I, I remember laughing out loud as I was reading the description for the workshop. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, sure, this is what happens. But it had that freeing aspect of like, oh yeah, we get to own these all these parts of ourselves. Yeah, I'm like trying to figure out, I'm like working with some thought about how, why it's so freeing to be able to name the different voices that are at play. And and maybe maybe it points to the idea that we spend a lot of energy trying to look like we're sure of ourselves or I spend a lot of energy ignoring them or thinking we, or not wanting people to see the conflict or the, or, or something. And then when we can just like, oh, wait, no, 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 all of that stuff gets to, it all can be here. And there's actually a place for it. There's a place for it. You don't, you know, we, we expect you to have different voices and different thoughts and fears and you know uh internal processes that we're inviting into the conversation mm -hmm. yeah 
like we just get to, yeah we get to all those all those voices get to be there we don't need to pretend they're not there or deem them unproductive or deem them uh unhelpful and therefore i don't need you know yeah i i think the thought that comes to mind for me is that you feel freer because one you get to be more authentic yeah that alone is a has a has a joy to it i'm being myself i don't have to hide anymore and the other is that you this is the, another image from dot b is that you're clipping the puppet strings mm -hmm. so you you don't have these strings pulling you anymore it's like oh i can move my arm how i want to move it yeah, i can yeah. move my legs so i'm like i have space to go based on what i intend as opposed to i'm getting pulled by these yeah. thoughts right i think there's yeah yes and i think there there is also a, com a huge compassion piece to this because mm. somebody make right ted makes a call that he's not that he's like here too <laughs> and not crazy idiot and, and not dad <laughs> and right like um, like judgy lisa is like ted what the hell are you doing <laughs> right <laughs> and and then ted's voice is like Oh my God! What did I just do? Like, like right. Ted's character voice is like, "Oh, I realized that now the endowment was this thing, and I did." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we all make mistakes." Do you know what I mean? But like, without like, like recognize like there's it's a it's it's so um, whatever it like connects us because we're all having that, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, and we got to choose something, but we're all being fueled by all of these opportunity like op options and mm -hmm. it's so human right, the, pro the process becomes the stuff yeah. as opposed to having to sort of go through a process to create an output that you then get to say yeah mm -hmm. i quote laura livingston who is the artistic director of freestyle repertory theater a lot she said once um if you if you can't think of anything to say it's probably because you're censoring what you thought of uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I, I feel like here, like there, you don't have to censor anything. Like you don't have to say, okay, I have to come up with the right thing or a good thing or just mm. something. I have to choose something to say. Mm -hmm. And here you actually don't have to choose something to say. Right? <laughs> you could go like, okay, here's what's the thing. Yeah. Here the, there's a thing that's yeah. in my head. I'm trying to choose and something I, to say. Did I choose it or not? Like, okay. Oh no, I'm not going to choose that. I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah, it's so great. It's so it it practices opening all the gates. So on a spontaneity level, also, it's like so helpful Free. because you don't. It doesn't have to clear any any hurdles before it comes out. Yes, you ju you just made me realize like I can say it without having to be accountable for thinking that it was a good or right thing to say. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Nice. Yes. Okay. So here's here's a question caveat concern about all this hmm. in your the work you've been doing with this exercise have hmm. people gotten themselves into trouble by saying things that they actually shouldn't have said or that they actually regretted saying afterwards hmm. like where they've exposed too much of themselves because oh the fun of the game and i'm just sharing whatever i'm thinking and they're like oh and they like say something misogynistic or they say so or hurtful yeah, or, or vulnerable yeah. over vulnerable like because the momentum yeah. of the exercise leads yeah. them somewhere they actually didn't um, want to go. So not yet in that way, but I'll, but I'll say this. Um, 
especially when we did it, when we've been doing it in person, we've, we've always set some context of saying, remember that you are still in charge of, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of yourself. So if you have some, you know, some like recent trauma or unhealed wounds, we don't want you to, we want, you know, we want you to be working from yeah. places that feel safe and comfortable, not opening up right. unprocessed things. That's great. And I think that's true generally in improv, whether it's this activity or any other activity that if we're mm-hmm. asking people to sort of like be spontaneous and, you know, dare to whatever that that's always a sort of a good thing to say and be aware of, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that can be seen as permission to put all your or an invitation sh- even to yeah. like go into places. Mm-hmm. That, and this happened just a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the in-person course that more than once, but there was one scene especially where we, where the setup was uh, we just got the suggestion of brothers and money, but it ended up being a scene. Dion was playing a scene with one of our students and it became a scene about um, Dion's character had been diagnosed with cancer and he didn't want to do his, he wanted to stop treatment. Mm. And the student's head, middle of the scene, uh, this is kind of weird because my brother in real life actually has cancer. And so then there's that, and then, so then what do you do? Right. And so the conversation sort of in the scene and, and the offers were like, well, you know, you have to go talk to, and he was like, you have to do this for our mother. And then the scene sort of switched. I'm the mother. And I'm saying like, I don't, I feel like for the drama of the scene, I need to really put pressure on him to convince his brother to go through with treatment. But I don't want to do that because I know that this is a real Mm -hmm. right yeah and so we paused and said you know are you cool I just sort of stopped you know we stopped I stopped and I said are you okay going on with this scene and it was like yeah I'm fine so then we we played the scene and it was an amazing scene right Mm -hmm. but just like even that like this is really happening for me in real life makes it a completely different thing that everybody's watching totally yeah it it seems uh, yeah again I guess I I part of me wanted to mention that because for my own sake i'm curious about what are the pitfalls and, and risks but i i also think that in general with mindfulness with improv that our enthusiasm can lead us our, our joyous and rightful enthusiasm can lead us into places where we're unprepared to handle the depth or the sensitivity of the traumas that we encounter or the, the stuff that gets stirred up and so i think it's wise to to bring a little sobriety and say Okay, but let's just make sure we're aware of what could come up, and then we've got some tools to get out of it or to contain it. And I love what you did, stepping out of it, saying, "Is this okay?" Like, hold on, are we all right in this territory? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's about so just to sort of summarize, I think you have to create agreements at the top mm-hmm. that um, we want people to look out for themselves, and we are that we will do our best to look out for people, but that it, that this is something to pay attention to yeah. mm-hmm. and that we are not, you not only have permission, but we are. You are you charged know, with. You are charged with, perfect word. Yeah. yeah. 
because we can't always know. Yeah. Right. You know for yourself whether we can. If we see something, we will step in. And what strikes me as I recount that story to you is in some ways, there's a way that this game helps with that mm. because you are speaking your inner thoughts. Right. So that whole scene could have gone on if it were a regular scene. We wouldn't have known that. No idea. So I could have been, you know, turning up the heat on that scene as the mother without having any idea that it was it was triggering. That it was pushing a real a real butt. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Sure. Wow. So it, it yeah, it, it provides a kind of safe safety net in itself. Theoretically. At the same time that it's also potentially opening up a yeah. whatever the opposite of a safety net is. I just want to mention this because I have a friend who very endearingly does this in real life tells me the motivation behind the things that they say. So they'll come over, <laughs> they'll come over and hang out at this little patio, hang out on the patio. And you, at some point they'll say, um, okay, well, it's time, uh, it's time for me to go. I should probably go in about 10 minutes. And I'm always like, okay, great. And, and one time they said, you know, I say that, I, uh, I say that every time to make sure that I'm the one who leaves before you want me to go. Like, like I, I always make sure to say that because I'm afraid of overstaying my, my welcome. So, uh, so I always say that to, to make sure that, that you're not secretly hoping that, that I go, that you don't have to say, say it. And then it's, and I said, oh yeah, cool. I do the same thing. Like I do the same thing with people. And since in subsequent times, they still say that they still say, okay, let's just, let, we'll, I'll be here for 10 more minutes and then, I, and then I'm going to have to go. And then, and then they say, you know why I say that. And I was like, yeah, I know why you say that. And so, it's like beautiful, it's this beautiful thing where like, we just sort of show, it's this, we show little each window. other this little window of here's what's really going on for me. It's like very vulnerable. Very sweet. And it's very sweet. And we trust each other. And they trust me and you know like that but it's nice you know and I think that there is actually I think there is room in real life to like when in moments where you're not sure how to respond because there's a couple of things going on I think there is some opportunity to say you know there's a bunch of things in my head right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and share that with whoever you're like I don't think it just has to be an exercise to do in the space of an exercise in order to hone these skills but rather like yeah, if, you, if there's a bunch of stuff going on, like maybe you could share that with wh whatever context you're, whatever conversation you're in or whatever, who, whoever you're talking to and say, here are all the things that are, that I'm, that I'm thinking about in, yeah. in this moment. And it can be so, you know, the, the, the image that I have is especially if there's like any, if it's contentious at all, if there's any tension we're on edge at all saying you know here's what's in my head about this it can sort of like okay like we we can relax and just handle those things i don't know there's yeah. something about it, that it strikes me as a, like it's an authenticity generator it's a a freedom booster mm -hmm. and it's also so those are all internal but then it's also an intimacy creator yeah like it it stacks intimacy and then lets you into my world or you let me into your world and then all of a sudden, like with your friend and the pet, like mm -hmm. we know this game because we, we, we now play it. Yeah. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story, which maybe is a is a fun one to close on because we're we're sort of getting to our, our time frame here. He's saying that so that you don't say you have to I... go before before we're done. <laughs> we don't want to overstay our walk. We don't want to <laughs> keep you too long. 
So in my enthusiasm from having done this workshop with you last weekend or last week, this weekend, uh, as part of the Stanford reunion, uh, multi-class reunions, the Stanford improvisers, some Stanford improvisers got together and chatted and talked and we played a little bit. So we played some soundball, we played some imagery. And for me, it was just, I haven't done improv in a long time in person, especially. It was just so great to laugh and to, to share space and, you know, whatever. Share bits. <laughs> share bits. But I said, you know, I want to just try this game out with them. And um, so I told them the, the basic ground rules and I thought, I'm going to not do the scene. I'm going to watch it. So, and I shared it. And then two of the younger improvisers, current Stanford improvisers, bound it up. And these guys are really talented and really enthusiastic. And yeah. one of them said, yeah, and let's take it and let's do it as a Shakespeare scene. And, <laughs> and I had the thought, I was like, my immediate thought was like, no, let's not. Okay. <laughs> because you're putting too much, let's just let it breathe. Let's just let it do its let own it thing. its own thing before you change it. And Shakespeare already has an aside component of the right, soliloquy. Right, right, right. And no, 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 let's not do that. But then I was like, okay, wait, hold on. Say it. yes. Say yes, yes, yes. young guy. I'm the oldest right. Stanford improviser. I don't want to come in with my authority and like crush his idea. Like, so let's just yeah. go ahead and see how it happens. And yeah, yeah. But so I told Lisa the story of doing this, and she's like, "You could have shared your inner thoughts." Yeah. Like, oh my God, that would have been so perfect. <laughs> well, the improviser in me I wants want to, to yes, yes and your you. idea, yeah. but yeah, the yeah, teacher yeah. in me or the experimenter in me wants to give the change. But I didn't even think it. I was like, "Oh, I got to get better at this game itself no, in real life before I share it with yeah. more people." I did. But is your story over? Yeah. How did it go? <laughs> Side note: Was she bored with my story, <laughs> <laughs> or is she excited about what she's going to say? Um, uh, it was meh. Yeah. It was. It was too much. It was Shakespeare. It was, it was too much. And they also, I didn't give clear directions about the physical thing of putting the hand to the face right. you could tell so they were just saying aside I was like is this the care i yeah it was a little messy but it was fun it, two things so one of my thoughts is we do that we all do that like keith johnstone makes fun of improvisers all the time right he's like every time you give an improviser a game the first thing they'll do is say like let's change it before they ever play it. They're like, why don't we do it like this? <laughs> Watch it, it always happens. Like, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to know like, why do we do that? Is it like a control thing? Is it like a just, we can't help like trying to make it our own? Like, it's very weird. Yeah. Before we ever play, we're like, oh, this would be better. Yeah. The other thought I had is I do this a lot when I'm facilitating now these days. I, I'm. I'll, something will be happening and I'll go like, okay, I'm just going to let you inside my facilitator brain. Yeah. And I share my inner thoughts. That's um, cool. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, I, I kind of feel like you need a break, but I also sort of want to do this thing or, oh, that's a really good question. And we could spend a whole lot of time talking about that right now. But I also know that you've asked about this and I want to get this over there. Yeah. Do you ever let them in on facilitator heart or facilitator lungs or facilitator feet? <laughs> Yeah, I would. I I wish I could say yes because that's so lovely, especially heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so here's how I'm feeling about that. Yeah. 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 It's very vulnerable. That would be a very vulnerable thing. 
I, I'm curious about this this exercise. This is kind of what I was pointing to. This exercise can feel very brainy. Yeah. And so how to keep embodying. Well, that was some of what you had said earlier, Kat, was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm my heart is beating or my, like, what is your, soma- sharing your somatic experience, right. your physical yeah. experience in the space. Yeah. I think, I think it's, uh, I th- again, I think it's like mindfulness, right? I think that it, if we're really good at it, we don't just, we call it inner voices, we talk, you know, but I think it's not just the better we get at it, the more it's a holistic Mm. somatic experience of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I feel myself retreating or my breath uh, just got, I have the impulse, you know, it's about our impulses, not just our thoughts or ideas. Mm -hmm. I just love this. So cool. So cool. I just love it. Side note. It's uh, like Wizard of Oz. It's like pulling the curtain back and being like, here's what's controlling us. Here it is. So now we can yeah. shed light on it and then handle handle. In this case, we are paying attention to the man behind the curtain, however. Yeah, we do want to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The man behind the curtain doesn't want to be paid attention to, but we will. But we will. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is really a great conversation. I, I love like hanging out close. with you. This is so I, fun. Yeah. I'm so honored and delighted. And yes, back at you. So yeah, th- thanks for taking the time on short notice and your generosity and sharing this this exercise and the insights and oh my god i'm really confident that people who are listening are gonna get a kick out of it and yeah should we say is it copit.com like where should we send people to like copit.com okay great copit.com and um and i feel is- like this is exactly the place where this activity should be explored and popularized and sent out into the world. So thank you so much for your interest. Like, like seeds. Cool. Dandelion. Yeah. K-O-P-P-E-T-T dot com. Where was the harmony? Two P's, two T's. I didn't know it was coming. Oh, sorry. Yay. Right, you guys. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Be well, Kat. Hope your booster goes well. Bye. (laughs) Ciao. I love her and I loved chatting with her and I felt like we could just like hang out for a long time. It, it's very easy. I'm reminded of, once again, the joy of hanging out with improvisers. And yeah, so back fun. Back and forth. And, and I love this work. Like I'm just like spinning on how this shows up, like these inner voices and how freeing they are. And when it's we can just like. Yeah, it's a simple form. It's such a sweet little encapsulation of so much information and it's really fun to do yeah really fun to do so it's so powerful i enjoyed doing the scene <laughs> i was so surprised when you started talking i was so surprised i was like oh my god i'm so rusty how could i, I, I miss that i loved it i how love I that, that again? right oh well it was perfect though because yeah. we got to right it was right so, great. so it's fun to that's another it's interesting you say that because i think there's another gift of this exercise is that it takes things that are difficult and can make them perfect. Although perfect can make you an asshole. Perfection's for assholes. <laughs> no, it just sort of, it it takes mistakes and gives them a frame and gives them a, 
a little the mistakes becomes a seed for more insight. And yeah. I don't, it seems very generous and, and profligate. So I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So great. I love that. So right on. Well, listeners, hey, we hope that uh, this was fruitful for you as well. And the, send us a, a note if you have a thought or <laughs> an inner voice. Info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Dot com. Where's the harmony? <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was coming. No, I did know it was coming. I didn't hop on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but let us know. And um, do you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about? Oh, I'm performing in a show. Live, like San Franciscans. If you're local, uh, November 20th, I'm aiming to be on stage at the Bayfront Theater, which will be the first time in a long ass time yeah. that I set foot on that stage as a performer. So, okay, just play a quick game of three things. First time in a, um, a blue moon, mm-hmm. first time in a monkey's uncle, yeah. first time in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in an elephant's eye. That's great. Yeah. I had I had first time in a horse's ass, which came to mind. Great. Just maybe you want to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, as always, <clears throat> thank you for listening. It's great to be back with you. For thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you when we get the next one. See but, you next uh, time. Step by step. Bye. Ciao.